Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. In this episode, I speak with Christina Flack. She is a celebrity makeup artist. She also is the CEO and founder of Pretty Girl Makeup. In this episode, Christina and I really talk about her business, how she has a morning segment on, and she does beauty expert pieces on California Live on NBC, but also how it has been being a mother of five and how different things in her life have shaped her. Really important to her to talk about septus and bring awareness for that. Her husband, late husband, Ken Flack, died of septus. He was a champion tennis player. And then she also has a fund for her son who died as an infant, the Baby Bow Fund. You can find those with the Northern Light School in Oakland, California. This conversation, we we talk about so many different pivots and how people are brought into your life that shape you and how being a single mom at certain times has shaped her in a different way. You do not want to miss this. Don't forget to check out Christina. You can find her really all over the social medias, Christina and it's Flack, F-L-A-C-H, Pretty Girl Makeup. You can also find, they have a website, prettygirlmakeup.com. You can also find them on Instagram. You can find Christina on Instagram, LinkedIn, and then you can also find the Baby Bow Fund and the Ken Flack Fund through the Northern Light School. They are always open and welcome to donations. If you guys... um want to learn a little bit more, please go follow and check out and listen to this story. Again, it's something that's going to help you learn about different people and how they pivot in life. Another thing, if you haven't heard, I mean, if you've been listening to my podcast, you should hear, I have been teaching people how to share their story. I've been doing it for years since I started this podcast. And now I'm really just talking about it because we are having so much fun. I help my clients be able to formulate their story. So whether you are a small business, an entrepreneur, if you are an influencer, a micro-influencer, and even if you are in the business world, in the corporate world, and you are going out to networking events, stories connect us. And if you can't be able to share your story in a really riveting kind of way or a way that you're going to connect with your audience, whether if you are going on the podcast circuit or you're doing media, or again, you're going out to networking events, I help you take the pieces of your story and put them together. The ones that are going to connect deeper with people. Again, stories connect us. You might be sitting there thinking, I don't really have a great story. I have a small business. I want to get out on the podcast circuit to really be talking about it and spreading the awareness, spreading um, the word about what I'm doing, but I don't know how to get my story out there. I don't know how to tell my story in 30-minute increments versus an hour increments versus 15 minutes. I can help you do all of that. So if you want and you're interested to learn more, you can email me at info at com, and I will offer you a 30-minute free consultation to see if we work. Again, listen to this episode, Christina Flack, celebrity makeup artist, It is a really great story about all the different pivots that Christina went through. And uh, we'll see you guys for another episode of Your Next Stop. Have you ever been listening to your favorite podcast and that moment comes up and you think, oh my gosh, I need to share it? Well, now you can with Picked Cherries. What I love about Picked Cherries so much is that when I'm listening to my favorite podcast and that moment comes up that I want to share, I can take a snippet, which is called the Picked Cherry, and I can send that to my friends and family so they can get involved in the podcast that I love. It's almost like sending an IG or a TikTok. Available now, iOS and Android. If you're not picking cherries, are you really listening to podcasts? 
Hello. Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. You know, I say it every single time, but I can't help myself. I'm so excited to bring you another guest that has followed her passion and turned it into business. So welcome, Christina Flack, founder of Pretty Girl Makeup. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I was really looking forward to it today. I'm excited. And I love stories, but I also love, you know, I know you're a mom. I love the stories of for my listeners to really hear and dive in to what people are doing, what people do to follow their passion, how they do it. So I can't wait to kind of dive into this. If you can give everyone a little bit background, uh, you know, where you grew up, if you went to university, and then we'll kind of take the journey from there. Well, I am a celebrity makeup artist, and I'm the creator and founder of Pretty Girl Makeup. I am the beauty, upsy. Well, I have a new title, uh, guest beauty expert on NBC on California Live, which I'm super excited about. And I'm a mom of five. I'm a philanthropist. I am a sepsis awareness advocate. And that's all the different things I do. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm a mom of five. I mean, I I have to dive into that for a second. So I am one of five. I loved... I loved growing up in a big family. I loved it. I have, um, there's four girls and then my, the youngest was a boy and, um, it just was so fun to always have. I mean, really there was always chaos. <laughs> Constant. My kids are all pretty much grown up. I have one at home half the time. Um, his dad and I share him. And so it's so weird to go from being like having all these kids to like having no one around. So, uh, it's just, it takes a little getting used to it. It's so funny. Like I call my kids and text them every day and they're like, mom, get a life. We're good. We're raised. I'm like, my mom button doesn't just switch off because you don't live with me. Sorry. Right. I, I have to ask you more about that because so I have teenagers and I think, you know, my, um, my oldest will be going to college if that's what he chooses, not this year, but next year he wants to play soccer. So that is what, you know, what, what he wants to do. But I think all the time, like, I'm, I'm not going to be okay. Like I'm going to be like the, the mom that cries like so hard when he leaves. Girl, I got to tell you the first child I took to uh, university, I took her to Parsons in New York, fifth Avenue. And I cried so hard in front of, you know, her dorm. She like told the driver, um, can you take her to get a baked good and a cup of tea and drop her at some store? Okay. So that was like, (laughs) and then the second one was at NYU. Isn't that weird? I have all these New York connections, uh, at NYU. And I said, okay, well, walk me downstairs. She goes, no, no, no. I heard what happened with Melania. So no, I'm going to say goodbye here. So you don't make a spectacle of yourself in front of the whole entire city of New York. So that's so you think it would be better. I take him to Occidental in Southern California. It was my son swoon, my love. Okay. I drop him and I'm like, just come home. I'll homeschool you. Okay. I can't homeschool anybody. I stopped homeschooling like, you know, fourth grade math. I can't do so. My last one, when I drop him, you know, a poor guy. I'm sure I don't know. I'm sure it's going to be another spectacle, but I don't know. Well, no, and I love that. I love how you just kind of demonstrate that. Right. Cause you're in California. So having to go to New York, that's like far away. No, then they went to London. Both of them. I had wow. one in London for four years at central St. Martin's. She's fashion designer. And then uh, Rose, who was at NYU at Tisch film school studied abroad. So I had two kids in London at the same time. And it was during that time that were there like terrorist bombings or, or threats of it like every other day. Oh, so yeah, oh. that was 
joyful times. That is so tough. And I, I mean, we say like, right, we want our kids to grow. Like, I don't want to be that mom that's like, no, you have to stay here. And then they become weird. You know, like you don't want that. You want them to, to spread their wings, but it is so hard for us. And I remember when my, I went to school, I mean, it was like 40 minutes away. It wasn't even far. And I remember my whole family came, even my sister and her boyfriend, and we sat in our dorm and I cried, like we cried, all of us cried. And then the girl or my roommate walked in and I didn't know her. She thought we were so weird. Like she later said, she's like, I literally left and was like, those are the weirdest people. Cause she's like, my parents just dropped me off and was like, bye. She's like, literally all of you were like, skedaddle, right? (laughs) <laughs> totally. And we all sat there crying. I mean, it was so crazy, but I'm hoping, I mean, I know my kids already know I'm going to do that. So it's I would not, love to, it's fine. Right. I mean, it's who we are. If you didn't cry, they'd be like, Oh, they judge you. You get judged either way. That's so true. You get judged for everything. I'm doing the advent calendar right now and they, they have a comment for everything. And I literally said this morning, I was like, okay, yesterday you had a comment today. You had a comment. I am trying and yeah. Right. And you know what? And if you're going to keep doing that, I'm not going to put anything in and I'm okay with that. I won't put anything. You're going to open it. It's going to be bare. So be nice. You know, they don't understand all we do like to put effort into being like making the holidays special. I, my house is like, I'm here by myself pretty much all the time. And I have decorated, you would have thought Santa just dumped on the little little Russian uh, Christmas fairy stopped in here. And I was decorating my house. Every room has stuff. Oh my God. I love that. But it's, 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 it's good. It's good. It's so fun. It is. So I want to get into how you got into this whole makeup, you know, celebrity makeup, and then, uh, how you created your company. So take us a little through that journey. Well, I started doing makeup on any face I could find when I was young, including my mother who had uh, stage four breast, uh, brain cancer. So I worked on her one day, she was going on a date with my dad. And it was so great because I didn't, she didn't have much makeup and I had pretty few skills at the time, but it was amazing that I transformed her into feeling like her old self. And so that's still to this day, something so special that I love of my job is being able to, you know, make people feel like the best versions of themselves. It's, it's really fun. I love that. And I'm so sorry that you you had to go through watching your mom, you know, suffer with brain cancer. Do you think that that's what started your whole love for makeup and knowing like, okay, I can make her feel better by kind of transforming? Yes, I do. I think it's, I think it was a, I, I, it was just meant to be what I'm supposed to do. And, um, I, I love it. I loved, I am not someone that can go work in a cubicle. I like, I'm kind of a gypsy. I like, going somewhere new. I love to travel. I love meeting new people and working with different teams and I get to be creative. But then, you know, on the days that I'm not on set, like today, um, I'm in my office working on my company. And I like that too, because being on set is exhausting. In fact, yesterday we did a shoot, my partner and I, and my assistant, Sophia, yesterday we were shooting video for pretty girl and it was all, it was probably like five hours. And I got to tell you, I'm so tired. It is, it sounds crazy, but it is really draining being like on for that much time and, and focusing and saying these lines and trying to sound relatively intelligent. No, it's true. And you know, and it's funny because even if it's your personality, I mean, you seem like you're an outgoing person. You like to be, as you said, you like to meet people. That's how I am. I love to travel and meet people and hear different people's stories. Cause as I say on this podcast all the time, stories connect us, but it is a different energy that you have to bring to be doing it all the time. I know when I do my Super Bowl events, when, um, 
that last year, I remember the adrenaline. I didn't get a, like a great night's sleep. The adrenaline was so crazy. And then when I came home from like four days of doing that, I think I like slept for like two days. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how tired I was. It really saps your energy to be on all the time. And I am outgoing, but then I'm kind of an introvert because, you know, I, I'm pretty private. I, I don't have, like, I'm not out and about. I have uh, my guy that I've had for almost over three years. Like we're very, we're total homebodies. We were home watching Yellowstone yesterday and, you know, we like, <clears throat> we're not out and about. So we're not a lot of fun. I look like I'm fun, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I say that about myself sometimes. I look, I used to be fun. I have to say I used to be fun and now as I'm older, I'm not as fun. But so I would love to know a little bit more though about when you, so you started your kind of your journey, your passion, your love for makeup through your mom. And then how did it kind of go to where you started creating your own makeup line and, and, or did the celebrity makeup artist come first? If you can tell us through that journey and how both of those evolved. Okay. So I, you know, worked on my mom, worked on my friends, worked on my cousins, any face. And then I started doing weddings and then, um, photographers saw my work and then I started working with photographers. And then miraculously, I had a portfolio and I submitted it and I got my, I was signed with Ford, New York, but they were in San Francisco at the time. And funny enough, I'm back with Ford now after all these years. Um, so I have three agents right now that, that book me jobs. Um, <clears throat> You don't really become, it took a while to get a celebrity. And honestly, I can't remember who my first one was, which is so bad. I should know, but um, I love them all. They're all special to me, but I started, you know, working in, I worked with Gucci, Louis Vuitton um, in San Francisco. And then, you know, I work with a food network. Um, my my client, my long-term client is um, Tyler Florence. He's a celebrity chef on the Food Network. And so I've had him for over 16 years. And we just finished the TV show. He's doing a new podcast. We did a shoot with William Sonoma that came out this month. So he's my main guy. Um, but I have other ones. I did Rita Moreno this year for People Magazine and the new uh, CEO of Instacart. And so I've, I've worked, I've had a really, it's so funny. I have had a really remarkable year. And then now that I'm doing, uh, being a beauty expert on uh, NBC, I can't, I don't even know how that happened. My friend Berlin Fisher asked me to do that with him. He, he's a hair person and he's on as well. And now he's one of the hosts and now I'm kind of doing what he did. And so we did a thing for Halloween. We did a, a, an event for fall. Um, we did, I just did a, a, one last week for uh, skincare for the winter and winter and makeup for the holidays because everyone is so, Oh, let's do the bright red Chanel lip and the smoky eye. So I decided to do something totally different. We did uh, a lot of gold, um, warm colors and a, and a beautiful shimmery gold lip. So I just want to try and do things a little differently and make people look and feel like the best versions of themselves. I don't feel that I feel like with fashion and beauty, it's not something that, you know, I love, everyone loves the trends and the styles that are happening, but you really need to know what looks best on you. Not every trend is going to look good on you. So you need to know yourself and, you know, watch the trends and the hacks and the tricks. They're super fun, but make yourself look and feel like the best version of you. You don't want to walk in. If you look at my portfolio at christinaflack.com, you'll see like, you don't really see makeup. You just see like a pretty fresh face with nice skin. And that's 
what I try to make people look like. And part of my job is um, making people feel good. So when they're in front of the camera, they can shine. And I, you know, probably because I've had a thousand children, um, I know how to make, I can read people pretty quickly. Like I know if they want quiet, if they want to talk, if they need a cup of tea, I use aromatherapy oils to massage their hand, get them going. Um, and you know, I, when I get someone like a Condoleezza Rice in my chair and I get to, in, you know, sit and chat with her for an hour all to myself, I mean, that's a pretty good gift with purchase of a job, I have to say. No, it's beautiful. And I do. And I, 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 in the beginning of this episode, everyone, I'd share with where they can follow you. But if you guys are sitting there listening and being like, wait, I do want to know, you can find Christina Flack. Really, she's everywhere. So you can go to her website, Christina Flack, and that's L-F-L-A-C-H. You could also go to prettygirlmakeup.com. You can find Christina on Instagram at Christina Flack Makeup. You can also find Pretty Girl Makeup. And then you can find Christina really on any of the socials, but her web, your website is really the best place they can find you and then follow at anything else that you're doing. Yes. And you can see the videos on the homepage of current things that we've done. And my assistant Sophia is amazing and she keeps everything up to date. And I don't know what I would do without her. Sounds like I have so many assistants, but they're, they each have a, <laughs> Maya kind of books all my interviews and Sophia takes care of everything else. So I'm very grateful for them. What well, it is it's it's always it's the people that we surround ourselves around that kind of also help kind of uplift and then help us get everything together. I mean it's really important to have a team to be able to do that. So one of the things that I love that you said is that you, you know, trends are not for everyone. And it's so true. You know, there's even the, the fashion trends that people will do and some body types just don't handle it well. So it's so important to know what you're comfortable in and what, you know, what looks good on your skin tone versus your hair color. You know, some people with the red really don't match their, you know, their, sometimes even their personality. So there's so many different things that go in there. So I have to say, cause I, I know in the beginning you said you love to connect with people. You love to meet people. So when you have someone in your chair, whether it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, someone that's a no name or someone that's, you know, a celebrity, but what do you think is your favorite aspect? Is it getting to know the person as you're doing the makeup or is it more just, you know, kind of transforming them with the makeup or do you kind of enjoy both? I mean, do you enjoy just getting to know them and doing the makeup at the same time? Or when you approach them, what, what, what is it? It's a combination. I love doing both. I mean, I love even to myself, I like look at a face and I can transform it looking like the best version of, of themselves, but I love meeting people and everyone has a story and they don't need to be famous at all. I mean, some of the most interesting stories I have are, are just Normal people. I had a uh, an amazing teenager this year that I had the opportunity to work with. Her name's Ivy, and she's amazing. And she came to learn to do some makeup tricks. And uh, she was about she's fifteen. And it was so interesting because I you know I showed her just some age appropriate makeup and how to pick a foundation so it doesn't it's not too dark not too dark. And uh, two weeks after, she sent me a note. She said, you know, I felt so good about myself. I applied for a study abroad program. And I am going to Prague for two weeks to study art. And you inspired me to dream big and go for, you know, my dreams. And I just thought, wow. Like, I, I mean, the fact that I inspire anyone is remarkable. <laughs> but to hear a teenager that, you know, now she said, you know, I'm, I think that's a beautiful thing in any human is, is confidence. When someone is confident and feels good about themselves, they're always going to appear more attractive. It's just a fact. And I don't see anything wrong with 
looking like the best version of you. I don't find it to be superficial. I think everyone is visual and I think it's not superficial. It's a more of a visual thing. We all like to be surrounded by beautiful, pretty things. And, um, you know, that's why kind of when I say about the makeup, I don't want it to be distracting. I don't want really to like, when you look at a face go, Ooh, wow. What's the colors going on? You just think like, wow, they're, they're attractive. But you know, when someone is happy and they have a full heart of love and they're confident, that's really what shines on camera. I think. No, I think that's so true. And I love that story about Ivy. I think that's such a beautiful story. So as you're, you know, sitting down doing the makeup and doing all, you know, what you're doing, the weddings and all this, is that where pretty girl makeup came about? If you can tell us a little bit of how you decided to discover that. Well, pretty girl came about because I was a mother, obviously with all these kids. And I was in a constant battle with my lip gloss and water bottle. I am always like, Oh, I have a whole rule. Like if you get in the car, you have to have a water bottle. So it was constant battle. And I couldn't find one that would stay on long enough. That wasn't dehydrating and matte and, and stick, you know? So I thought, Oh, it can't be that hard. You know, I'll, I'll invent my own. Ignorance is so, it's so protective and blissful because <laughs> you don't. <laughs> and my, my friend Tyler Florence always said, you know, thank God that we don't know how hard it is to be exceptional because no one would do a goddamn thing. Right. <laughs> so true. So, um, I, I worked with a beauty chemist for over a year. I was self-funded and I wanted all my friends and family to look good with my colors. So I, it took a, quite a long time to formulate the texture and then formulate the colors. And it definitely took a lot longer than I had anticipated, but this is what I encourage all other entrepreneurs to do. You know, sometimes you're in a job, a corporate job, and you don't like it and you want to have something more fulfilling and creative. You can do both. You can you know, maybe you start, you don't need to quit your full-time job. We need to eat. I mean, I wasn't able to do that. And I, um, you start, you know, doing something on the side or on the weekends after work. And then, you know, hopefully one day you can transfer to doing the job that you love doing, that you're inspired every day when you wake up excited to like, yeah, I can't wait to start my day. Like next week I'm working, um, with iHeartRadio with Chris Harrison from the bachelor and like, I can't wait. It'll be fun. And, you know, I have Tyler, we have stuff going on and, and, you know, different beauty things. So I, I think that I've always said to my children, figure out what you love doing so much that you wouldn't care if you weren't getting paid, but then figure out how to get paid and then figure out where you want to be. Like, I want to be everywhere. So I don't have like one city that I just, I'll just go wherever my agents send me or whatever projects coming up. I was, I was in Denver not too long ago working on with Fox for uh, a documentary uh, with Casey McDonald on uh, the Denver airport conspiracy theories. It was fascinating. So that's, what's fun. I get to go to places and be with people and, and find out interesting things that I would have no idea about. So it's, it's really fun. I love that. And you know what? And I, I mean, I say this on this podcast all the time. Sometimes I think it's more important to find out what you don't want to do versus what you want to do. And young people, I mean, you, you know, you have five kids, so you understand this. Like, you know, my, my son is a junior right now and he's like, all my teachers keep asking me, he's like, what I want to study in college. He's like, I don't know if I know. And I'm like, honey, you shouldn't know. You don't know. You know, it's not even a fair question. I would be more asking, what, what are you thinking about right now that you love doing? That's a lot of questions for a kid to, to like, what do you want to do in college? Well, how the hell do you know? You go to college to take other classes and find different things and meet people and experience things. I don't think it's a fair question to put on a teenager. I, I really don't. I think that 
it's, there's so much out there to, and to learn and do. And I also feel that I've been asked so many times, aren't you afraid to fail? Well, I fail all the time. It's like, you know, (laughs) it's not, it's not failing. If you're trying failure to me is stuck in a relationship or in a job or in a home or in whatever that you don't like, that is a failure to me trying you know, I don't look at these bumps as, as, uh, failures. I look at them as a lesson. Oh, okay. I learned that that's not the right way. Okay. I'm going to move around that way. We'll do something different. And so if you can know that there's no such thing as a failure, my friend Berlin, uh, Fisher that got me to do this, uh, job, this lovely thing with NBC, I was terrified. I'm a makeup artist. I like being behind the camera and even these podcasts, uh, I, you know, terrified me before. I mean, now I'm much more comfortable, but at the beginning, I was like, ooh. And so he taught me, like, because he said, we're going to do this uh, thing for, for Halloween, and we're going to dress, then we're going to make each other up and do this whole thing. I'm like, I can't do that. He's like, girl, you need to learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I'm like, it was really, like, the best advice he gave me, because now when I know that I'm uncomfortable, I'm, I'm just starting to settle into being comfortable with this uncomfortable feeling. It's not bad. It's It can be exciting, but it's definitely a mindset. You have to figure out, do you, you you know, it's an exciting thing. Don't look at it as a failure or, or, you know, something bad. It's just, it's new and it's exciting. And if you can keep it in mind in perspective that way, it's not so terrifying. No, it's so true. And, and the really the, I love what you said. I mean, I know my listeners right now are laughing because they're like, wait, is that Juliet or Christina talking? Cause this is exactly <laughs> what I talk about all the time. We're from the same tribe. <laughs> we are from the same tribe and your assistants did a great job by finding me because this is exactly what I talk about. Cause it's so important. And this is my passion is that you can't be afraid of, of doing like you can be nervous, right? We're nervous about every, like when you're going into something, if you're not nervous, then you should double check yourself because you want to be challenged. You want to grow. It doesn't matter what age you are. You want to take risks and do things that are going to light, light you up because why you have one life. Why just go through life skating through and not being nervous, excited, you know, terrified. Those are the times that like I get like that is living. And I think you know, the people that, that age gracefully and happily are still in their eighties and nineties following their passion. I don't believe in retiring. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I'm going to stop doing things. I'll do other things, you know, I, and I think also keeping things fresh. Like I, um, raise money for uh, education and nutrition are super important to me. And I have started uh, educational funds at the Northern Lights School for my son, Bo, and my husband, Ken Flack, that have passed away because I want underprivileged children to have the same kind of education my kids have had. And uh, my friend Lisa Zimmer and I started an outdoor classroom and garden um, at the Edna McGuire School in Mill Valley for my son, Bo, that passed away uh, this Christmas day uh, 16 years ago. And I am one of the things that I'm so incredibly proud of of my children is that with the Northern Lights School, that is like our our family's thing that we do, that uh, our philanthropy that we like doing. Um, they have all participated in helping out at the school, whether it be a teddy bear tea or a golf tournament that Vita Blue puts on every year um, to raise money for the educational funds. My son, Ben, Bo's twin, this past October raised $60,000 for the educational funds. And for a 16-year-old boy to get up in front of, he's been doing it for six or seven years now, and he gets up in front of all these 200 golfers and, you know, says, you know, I'm so, I, I have it videoed and it's like, ugh, fills me up. 
said, I'm so honored to be here. I'm happy to help that I can be a part of this. And just to hear a 16 year old boy, um, say that and go out there and, you know, be kind of like everyone looking at you. It's a lot. And, and he does it so gracefully every year. And it just, I marvel at him. And I just feel that, you know, instead of, you know, walking, talking the talk, like, oh, you should help people. You should help people. Well, he actually does. And he sees what I do and my other children do. And I hope, and I think that they will do it the rest of their lives, whether it be at this school or other charities that, that mean a lot to them. But I, I feel that, you know, my husband was the number one doubles tennis player in the world. And we got a lot of amazing perks of going to Wimbledon, US Open, doing different Davis Cup. Um, you don't just get those perks without giving back. I think it's just morally wrong. And so if um, because of the platform, you know, he passed away from sepsis and they contacted me and asked if I'd be willing to raise awareness for sepsis after he died. And I, I said, yes, I would do that. Um because it helps me, everyone, you know, has a story of difficult bumps in the road and sadness. Um, but it helped me to help other people to not go through this. And I know I have thousands and thousands of people have heard my interviews and I hear from people all the time telling me that they heard an interview and heard about the signs of sepsis and their loved one didn't die. So I think it's so important to to give back in your, in my little way, you know? Right. I mean, I think it's, it's so important and, and, and I was going to touch on this. So I'm so glad that you brought this up when you've had tragedy in your life, it is a moment in your life. And yes, you can always mourn that tragedy, but it doesn't define you. And I think a lot of people need to hear that because especially, you know, everything that people have gone through with COVID and, and the way the world has changed. A lot of times we, we get stuck in these moments and you get stuck and you don't know how to take, to, to get yourself out of it. So the fact that you took a tragic moment and, and moments in your life and said, I'm going to give back because I want to help other people be able to navigate this world a little bit more is so beautiful and, and inspiring. And that's why our stories connect, right? Someone's going to listen to this and be like, Oh, I love what Christina's doing. I love that she started this makeup line out of, you know, something that she wanted to create. She has five kids that she's raised, you know, and you've had death and tragedy, but you still get up and you still live because you're still here and you have a message that you want to get out to help other people navigate death and tragedy in a different way. So I think it's so beautiful that what you're showing your children that, you know, yeah, we can go through hard times, but it doesn't define who we are. I think I was on this show on the doctor channel on Sirius radio one time, and I was waiting to get on and I was hearing her speak about someone saying, Oh, we have this person on. She's, you know, had this most tragic life. And then she said my name and I nearly fainted. I'm like, what? And so I said, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I do not have a tragic life. I've had tragedies, um, but I'm not tragic. Tragic is giving up, wallowing in misery and in a ball. So, you know, once it's so weird how I started speaking about on these podcasts about sepsis and, and, and grief, and then it segued into grieving. And I was on a hike one day by myself up in the hills, and I could hear my husband telling me, how hard it is for him to look down on me crying and sad. And I just thought, wow, I'm not honoring him by being miserable crying. Like that's, 
You know, we, I don't know why as a culture, we feel that we need to be miserable, be a, a widow in, in black and just angry and not being able to love again and not have love in your heart. And I just thought the thing that I can do to honor my husband would be, of course, he it was very funny. He was kind of a Larry David sense of humor. Like, of course, every day be, be very miserable that he's not here, but also to do things to make the world a better place and to be happy and to be the best version of me because I want him to look down and my son and my mom and every all my other angels up there to look down on me with pride and and happy for me that I am living my best. I don't want I don't need them looking down feeling sad and miserable. That's not fair because when I looked at it from that perspective I thought, "Wow, how would I how would I feel up there looking down on everyone miserable? That would be terrible and you can't comfort them." So honestly, the best thing we can do is to love and, and laugh and be happy. It doesn't mean we don't miss them. It doesn't mean anything, but it just means like it's important if you can, uh, you know, what I do with my charities and is what I do, but it doesn't mean everyone else has to do. You have to figure out how you want to honor your, your loved one or, or help the world be better. It's just, it's such a personal thing. Everyone, you know, I've learned this. Everyone grieves differently. Um, but it's there. So you might as well deal with it and, and try and find joy and happiness and love in life. It just. Right. And I think it's beautiful that you said you heard your husband because it is, it is one of those things. If you guys had such laughter in your life, then to see someone mourn, I just had a, a guest on that wrote a memoir for her father that passed. It's called, okay, little bird. And what she said is through comedy is how she really got through because her father and her had this like very funny thing. And she talks about even to like, you know, when he was on his deathbed um, and what her and her sister would find themselves in uncomfortable situations. And then they would just laugh because they'd be like, Oh my God, dad would be saying this and this. And it, it is important to obviously grieve. You know, it, it's important to go through the process and, and be sad and angry and all the, the stages. But again, as you said, you're still young. You still have so much life to live and so much to offer other people to show your kids. Yes, this has happened to me. However, I'm not going to let it define who I am and I'm going to go through moments. However, I'm going to choose to show up this way each day. I also think like, you know, if I'm miserable, that that's just not, it's going to affect my kids. So I can't be constantly miserable. My, my well being, my, my move, my whole, everything is going to affect them. So I, I have to set a positive example of them. And it, it, here's the thing with grief. It's not like you go, okay, I'm over it. You don't ever get over it. You learn to manage it. And I think that's the best way to describe grieving is, you know, there's going to be days that are harder than others. And I definitely have those. Um, but I just, I have learned to know that it's going to pass. I'll, um, maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I need some water. I need to go exercise. I need to think of things I'm grateful for. I know my triggers now. And I know that when I'm feeling all those, I'm like, okay, I have to kind of check in with myself. And I've learned to self-soothe. I've learned to buy myself flowers when I'm sad or, you know, if, it, if the day is just getting to be a little overwhelming, I'll go outside and go on a hike or I'll go work out or I'll go get my nails done or go shopping or whatever that brings me a little bit of joy. Um, so I think it's really important to know yourself and, and, and start my friend, Diana Stobo is amazing. And she taught me one day I was just like beating the crap out of myself, like 
we do sometimes. Um, and she said, you know, you would never treat anyone in the world the way you treat yourself. Like, why are you being like, be a little kinder to yourself. And, and that's true. We really do need to be kinder. Um, self care, you know, we think it's selfish, like, oh, I'm going to go work out for an hour or I'm going to do, you know, something that makes me feel good. It's actually not. I, I work with this energy healer, Diane in Canada, and she's taught me that self care, like, I can't give a, an orange unless I have a bag of oranges to give. So if I am, you know, I've worked out and I've, and I'm rested and I, you know, I feel good about myself. I am a better partner and mother and person because I'm able to have enough energy to, to give to everyone else. And I do, I, I, I do so much to help everyone else. And, and I love that. It makes me feel good, but you know, it's so important. You know, people ask all the time, what is your best beauty tip? And guess what it is? It's free and it's sleep. We, we as a culture don't sleep enough. And sometimes you just, I mean, getting enough sleep is so important. Um, meditation apps are really good to slow your brain down. I do it every night before I go to bed. Um, and exercise. It's like, even if I'm on a shoot, I, I hear people say all the time, Oh, I don't have enough time to work out. Well, look, if I can make the time, so can you. It's, it's not always an hour. Yesterday I was on um, the treadmill and the elliptical for 40 minutes. And you know, some days it's an hour power yoga class or Pilates or a hike for, but it, it's more consistency. It's fine to go five or 10 minutes, go do a quick brisk walk do some sit-ups and push-ups, stretch a bit. It's just doing something every day. And to me, like when people are traveling, they say they can't be consistent with their workout or dietary, you know, their diet. And I disagree. I have actually more time when, like when I was traveling with Tyler for the show, I didn't have a house to clean or kids to drive around. There's no excuse. All I have to do is take care of him and work out and eat well. Like that was it. And so I would, every city I would go to, you know, there's different yoga classes. I would go take a yoga class once or twice a day because I had the time or work out in the gym. And it was, it's, it's just doing a little something and you feel so much better exercising. I mean, I do at least. I don't see how you can't. And I think your aging process is going to be a lot gentler when your body is, is, uh, when you work out. No, it's so true. And and you've said something a couple of times in this episode, and I do want to highlight it because I think it's so important. You've stated you have to know yourself what's best for you. And I think that's so important. I know for myself meditating, I don't, I don't meditate in the traditional way. I call it daydreaming because I have to move. I can't just sit and, and be still and, and, and clear my mind. I am a mover. I have to go. So I walk my dogs and that is my time that I de, you know, decompress. It's time where I daydream. I, you know, build businesses. I do whatever in my head. But I also know that if I'm on the water, if I'm, you know, on our boat or I'm near the beach is when I can kind of take a breath and my brain stops a little. Have you tried the meditation apps? Have you tried any of them? I have. I have tried them and it's just, I need to move. Like it's just one of those things that I've tried them so many times. If I sit, I think of all the things I have to do around the house or all the things well, I have to do. I, that's why I'm, I'm the same as you. I mean, when's your birthday, by the way? I'm Christmas. <laughs> oh, my friend. Yeah. Um, okay. I think like getting comfortable being uncomfortable. That's one of the things I, cause I said the same thing. I'm like, I can't go to yoga. Ugh. I can't meditate. I need to move. 
Well, that's exactly why I've had to learn to meditate. And it, I, I, you know, started out with a five minute, a 10 minute. I even do sometimes my meditation on a walk, but I just know at night, like I'll, I have this weird thing I do. I will read until I'm like almost asleep. And then I push the meditation app and I'm out. So, but I have had to learn that. And it was really uncomfortable for me to not move because I, you and I, we move a lot, but I, it, I'm really trying. That's something that's really uncomfortable to me. And I have learned, and it's helped me so much to get centered and just slow my head down. Cause at night, sometimes I'm sure you're the same. My head's doing this and it shut down. And I, I, I have to, I had to learn how to slow my brain down and shut it off. Yeah. Cause no. I, you can't rest. You can't rest. Your brain. Well, but yeah. you know, I have to say, I have gotten very good at when I sleep. I, when I go to bed, I'm out. My daughter right now, who's 13, we're working with her because she's like, mom, my brain never shuts down. So she's having some like insomnia issues. And I'm like, oh, that Calm app would be great. I know. So that's what I was going to ask you what app. And I was going to say, I'll email you. But the Calm app is what you use. I use Calm app. So I have two. I use Breathe for nighttime. And there's different ones. And it's so these these apps are fantastic. I actually should get sponsored by them. But, uh, you know, they have one for like, you know, um, you know, different age groups. Um, if, if you need to fall asleep, if, you know, harmonious, harmonious love and relationships, um, you know, healing yourself, there's just a million different ones on the app and I change them all the time, depending on where I am in my life. Um, during the day, I listen to Jay Shetty on the calm app. Do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, love him. You know, I listen to that. I, you know, and then on the way driving my kids to a golf tournament or to school, I put it on for it's seven minutes and I know he's, I, I, he can't run away when my, my youngest, right. I'm like, Oh, well, <laughs> but <clears throat> it's just hearing these things over and over. And I think it's, it, it does nothing but positive, but honestly, like after my husband passed away and he was my sleeping pill, I had a really hard time sleeping. And so I started taking like, you know, the doctor gave me sleeping pills to fall asleep and that wasn't working. And so then another friend of mine suggested these apps and I'm like, I'm like how you're thinking right now. What a crock of crap. <clears throat> I couldn't believe how it totally turned my brain off and it put me out deeper and longer than um, a sleeping pill. So I, that's awesome. Stopped. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what's important. I think it's also like a mindset. And when I said I've tried apps and stuff like that, I have gotten in my older life very good at being like, okay, I know I have to do this. I know, right, my older life (laughs) in my 90s. (laughs) When you're at, when we're old and we're doing this conversation again, when we're 90, I'm going to go, remember back when you were like smoking hot and uh, thought you were so old? No, age is is a number. Yes, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. But age is a number. But like in my older, in my my mid, mid midlife, I guess I would say, I know how to fall asleep. I was just actually talking to someone the other day because I was saying my, you know, my daughter all of a sudden now she's going to middle school. She has to wake up way earlier. She is completely a night owl. So she is like someone that enjoys and kind of gets more alert at night. But I like rub my feet and it's something I guess I've always done. I rub my feet and I didn't realize it was pressure points. And I am out like, you know, and then I put myself in a boat. Like literally I put myself in a boat in my brain. I could feel the boat. I rub my feet and I'm oh, done. Like um, lavender oil. I do put on the bottoms of my feet mm-hmm. and massage them before bed and I'll put some on my stomach and it just, 
helps slow things down too. I love I'm that. So, I wish I would have known all this stuff when I was, you know, way younger and needed to sleep, but I know. Oh, well. Learned it now. You learned it now, and that's what's important. But I also I do want to touch, and I know we're coming to the end of this, but I think it's something that important. You said that you know you wanted to show your kids that you can have tragedy in your life, but you can also prevail. And it brought me back to when my kids were little, and my my one son was three, and we had a, a a pretty big death in our family, and I and we knew it was happening, so there was like a lot of days that I was crying up to it. I'm someone that's like emotional. I my kids can see me emotional. They know when I'm happy. They know when I'm sad. They know when I'm angry. Like you know, I'm, I kind of wear everything on my sleeve. I swear we're twin sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and so I said. I remember the, you know, that the person passed and he came over to me and he said, mommy, are you going to cry forever? And I said, yes. And I didn't realize he thought forever, like that I was never going to stop crying. So I remember we like went on with the day and he came running over. It was probably a moment that I stopped, you know, I kind of stopped crying and he came over and he said, mommy, you're not crying. And I stopped in my tracks and I said, oh my gosh, honey, did you think that I was never going to be happy again? And I was going to cry for, and he said, yes, I asked you if you're going to cry forever. And you said, yes. I said, I thought you meant like, and I, I'm going to have moments. I'm always going to have a moment where I might, you know, my, for my whole life, I might cry but it's not going to be like this. And so I'm so sorry that you thought about that. And I just remember being like, wow, for like an hour, this poor child thought, this is my mom. She's going to cry forever. What I'm saying, like how we are really affects our kids. So it's kind of like if we're in a messed up relationship, whether it be a marriage or boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever, and this is what you're showing your kids is, is a, a relationship. So it is so important to keep your marriage or relationship intact and positive because your kids are going to emulate that. So if you're in a messed up marriage, guess what? That's what your kids, not that they're, they're subconsciously, that's what they're going to do. So it is so important um, to set a good example in all aspects of your life, whether it be your relationships, your work, my kids, you know, after Ken passed away, um, both my daughters said something really interesting to me. Uh, my older daughter, Melania had said to me, I was in my office and I was pissed off at everything. And I just like, Ugh. and she said, you know, mom, you have to be grateful for the eight years you had with Ken and not what you didn't have, because most people don't even get those eight years. And I, that really helped change the way I think about everything in life. Like, you know, I'm really grateful. I had him for eight years. Um, and, and all the other, diff- my son, Bo, that passed away four and a half months, you know, of course I miss them all the time, but to, to look at life and it's a choice. Happiness is a choice. But if you can look at things from gratitude, like even the things that we think are happening to us sometimes are happening for us. Not that those things were happening to me, but there is a miracle and a blessing in everything. And you have to see it and look for it and decide to accept it. And to just, you know, not have love and laughter in your life, you're not doing anyone a favor. No one wants to be around that. And I think a lot of the success I've had um, has to do with my attitude. I am positive and not that I'm not negative sometimes and I hate everything as everyone else, but I really try to think like, okay, let's think of some pleasant thought. No one wants to be around anyone negative. And I'm sure that the opportunities I've had are a lot because of my attitude. I work really hard. I you know, do more than I need to do. If I'm on set, I will help the light guy or I'll help the, I'll do whatever needs to be done. We're a team. We have to all work together. And I think my kids have all seen that. 
my daughter Rose had said to me, and I know I annoy her so much. We're so alike. I drive her crazy. Um, but she said to me, you know, mom, your lectures on drugs and alcohol and work, hard work were just dumb. And, uh, I thought they were award-winning after five kids, like kidding. I should be getting an Academy Award for that. But she said, your example of hard work and being kind and loving and gracious to everyone, um, is what we all see. And, and I thought, wow, I didn't even realize that our kids really do see, you know, everything that we do. So when we're texting on the phone or whatever it is, we shouldn't be doing and telling our kids not to do it. is doing it. So no, I love that. And I think it's so beautiful that Rose said that because that's, I, I have a feeling my kids, when they get older, I'm hoping that they say that. I mean, the, not, not that my lectures are all stupid, but like, I mean, I do. They're always like, mom, what life lesson are you teaching us now? Like, <laughs> I know, I know what life lesson, but you know, it's so interesting. I have a new daughter, actually, her name is Jasmine and um, she's my chosen daughter. And I met her on a photo shoot. Um, few months, you know, four months ago, and she is from China and, uh, we were just chatting and it was so weird. Like I wasn't even supposed to be on this set, but I just did this shoot for no apparent reason. Well, I know cause I got my daughter, but, um, she was telling, I said, Oh, is your family here? And she said, no, I uh, came here to study, um, university and I sought asylum and my parents, my biological parents are in the government and I can never go back. Like they'll throw me in jail. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So like, you have no family here at all. And she's like, no. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And she's like, she looked at me and she's like, would you be my mom? I'm like, yeah, I'll be your mom. So now I have a new daughter. And it was so funny because my uh, Rose had said to one of her friends, when one of her friends was having a problem with, with some, with their parents, she said, Oh, don't worry. My mom will adopt you. So now it's kind of a joke. Like I actually have this. So I shouldn't say I have three daughters. And so, um, this will be our first Christmas with jazz. Um, and I love her to pieces. And it's so funny how, you know, she kind of is so meant to be in our family because she is an actress, but she also works for Apple. I'm so proud, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but she plays golf. My kids are all golfers. She rides horses. I ride horses. It's like, you know, we don't know just because I didn't birth her doesn't mean she wasn't meant to be my kid. Like she's so meant to be my daughter. And, uh, like, I love, I, I just love her. And she's so cool. Like my son, Ben had a golf tournament. She came and watched like, and she, you know, because she doesn't have any other, you know, we're her family. And so how great that she's, you know, that we get to love her and she gets to enjoy all of us too. So. Oh, I love that. And I, what I think it's so important, and this is what I think, you know, a lot of people miss out is getting to know other people, asking questions, meeting people, because those kind of opportunities like your daughter, you know, your new daughter is because you asked questions. You opened yourself up to talk. And a lot of people don't open themselves up to meet new people, to ask questions, to connect through stories. And that's why I love what I do because I get to talk to so many interesting people. Yes. Yeah. It's so, how fun is it? I mean, so fun. It's, it's such a blessing that we get to meet all these people. And I think, you know, what's another thing that you, uh, haven't touched on, but that you do really well is, is what we do is we listen, you know, that we listen to people and, and are open to listening because a lot of people don't listen. They're not like able to just be present and listen to someone else. And, you know, it's so funny. I have never had that experience before I met my daughter and, um, 
you know, thank God I listened because I'm so grateful to have her. Right. And it's true. People, sometimes people think they listen, but I always say there's a difference between listening and hearing. And oh, can I quote you? Please. But it's so true because people be like, no, I'm a good listener, but they really aren't. And they also, another thing is, and I've gotten very good at it because of my podcast, but it was also something that God gave me. But I can see when someone gets excited about something, whether it's the slightest little movement in their body or the little bit of change in their voice. And I know that that's something to talk about. I know that's a question to ask where some people... You know, when they're interviewing, they have their agenda where I never have an agenda. It's just a conversation. And then I kind of dive into where the conversation goes because it's out of my curiosity. But it's also because I'm hearing the person I'm listening and hearing at the same time. And sitting there before it goes out. It's so funny. I've done thousands of these interviews. And it's, I mean, most of the people that interview me are amazing like you and just they listen, they hear, they, they, they know who I am. They, will quote me. And like, I mean, it's like the effort they put in is so remarkable, but I've had a few instances that it's so funny that these people have a podcast. I do this one in particular. And I just remember this person spoke the whole time. Like I said five words and I just thought, wow, why you just have a podcast for yourself. You don't want to hear you're It's such a shame because you're missing out on hearing and, and, and finding out all these amazing things from you know, people all over the world that I'm sure that you interview, how exciting is that to hear? Because again, everyone has a story. Everyone. And it connects and it connects. And that's the thing that's so important. People are going to listen to this podcast and there's so many different pieces of your journey in your life that they're going to connect with, whether it is, you know, the, the deaths that you've had in your family, whether it's the business that you started, whether it's the, you know, going on TV and having the celebrities, whether it's your new daughter, whether it's horseback riding, whether it's golfing, you know, whether it's your charity. So I, I would love to, to tell where can people find your charity and. Oh, yeah. So please, if anyone to donate to my charity, um, the Baby Bow Fund and the Ken Flack Fund at the Northern Lights School, um, and that's in Oakland, California. And any a dollar would be helpful. Anything, we're so grateful. And then the uh, Edna McGuire School, the outdoor garden. It's called the Bo Friedman Outdoor Classroom. So if anyone wants to donate to that, that would be fabulous. I love and that. And then, of course, um, if you want to find out more about sepsis, go to sepsis.org. Um, and scroll down, there's a little timetable that says time and what time is T is for temperature. You can be incredibly hot or cold eyes for infection in something in your body, whether it be a cut or, um, in my husband's case, it was a bronchitis that turned to pneumonia and he was given the wrong, wasn't seen and given the wrong medicine. So he became septic M is for mental decline. Um, it's a little hard to rouse them. They're just getting a little blurry. And then E is for excruciating pain. Sepsis is an infection of the blood that attacks all your vital organs and shuts them down very quickly. It is not the common cold that you're like, oh, I'll go tomorrow if I don't feel better. No, if you have any of those signs, get to the emergency, tell them you think you might be septic and get a blood test. And then if if you are, they will put you on an IV antibiotic and you'll be saved. But there is no, there's a golden window of getting saved. And once you pass that golden window, you, it, it's over. I mean, my husband was a big, strong professional athlete. And, you know, on Wednesday, we called the doctor. Thursday, he was on life support. By Monday, 
every we took him off life support because all his organs had shut down. So it is not something to play around with. Uh, it's super important to to you know make sure that you aren't septic if you think you might be. Yeah, no, that's crazy. And I also, in the beginning of each episode, I highlight all of this. So you guys heard it twice if you were driving in the beginning and didn't get a chance to write it down. Now you can do that. Um, Christina, I just want to say thank you so much for joining your next stop. There's so much inspiration that you put out there, but so much love and you can just feel the heart that you were given by God. I mean, you really can feel that heart. Um, you're doing so many amazing things through the journey that you have gone through with life, but you're teaching people that... It's important to see these signs, but it's also important to live life true to yourself, know who you are and find what you love and continue to do that. So thank you so much for joining your next stop. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's so much fun. So you guys, you know what to do. Like, share, rate, review. You might be listening to this episode and saying, oh, that's such a cool story. Oh, oh, this is stuff I can learn. But you don't know who in your life needs to hear this story. You don't know who in your life needs to learn a little bit more about septic. You don't know who in your life right now would want to be donating to charities. You don't know who in your life is stuck that needs a little bit of inspiration. So this episode will help them with all of those. So don't forget to rate, review, share, and we will see you for another episode of Your Next Stop. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 